0: Hey guys, welcome to This Is Fine, a podcast that touches on different areas of mental health from traumas to self-improvement, where I, your currently unvaxxed and unwaxed host, <laughs> Ivor, unpack insights that may provide some direction as you navigate this thing we call life. Life is like a box of chocolates. Who remembers that? Uh you know, looking <laughs> back at that, that movie is actually like really fucking racist and ableist. Like just for example, in that opening scene where um, the black nurse, which is written as weary of Forrest, unfriendly, despite of like him invading her personal space, among other things. But him pointing to her shoes saying they look unco- they look comfortable and that she must not even feel any pain, even if she like walks the whole whole day or something like that. Um, you know, Forrest, in the scene is is depicted or is written like, um, having childlike innocence, right? And he tells this black nurse who is written as unfriendly, that she must not feel pain, even if she's been walking all day. You know, and that comes from the white notion that is still present even in medical textbooks today, that black people have a higher tolerance for pain, a representation which is so ingrained, in the structure of our world, that when the pandemic hit, a black surgeon was caught, um, had caught the, uh, the virus. And she was explaining to doctors what was happening to her. She was calling for help. And the white doctors in charge ignored her and even told the nurses to ignore her. She even made a video detailing her experiences, how these white people who you think respects her as a professional, denied her experience, denied her pain, And she is now dead because of that. So um, anyway, sorry to start off so strong. I was just triggered by that phrase. Um, But the next time you revere a Tom Hanks or you revere a movie like that um, and you judge it by, I don't know, 15 Academy Award nominations or whatever the fuck, just remember that these movies represent people... Just remember how these movies represent people who are not of the Aryan race. (sighs) Okay, Um, alright, let's get back into the thick of it, which is dullness and heaviness. So as I take you all on this journey of how to, like, climb up your own personal mountain, I just want to step back a little. Today especially, I've been feeling, like, kind of conflicted about my own life experience because imposter syndrome has weighed in on me and I'm doing this show, like the first doubt my thoughts like throw at me is who the hell do you think you are you haven't achieved anything great in the eyes of the world you aren't rich you're not famous no one asked for this quote unquote advice or whatever and then there's the other side that goes no one is going to listen to you no one cares you know and it's just this 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 the self doubt pity party that starts and i get i get um i i think i get out of that purely because Uh, of something author James Clear said, someone who I've quoted many times, um, that every action you take is a vote for the person you want to become. You know, and that's an extremely succinct and a more contemporary way of um, saying or explaining what the concept of true karma is, um, or the true concept of karma. If you're a regular listener to me, if you're a regular listener of me, You've probably heard me recite a quote that says something like, um, every thought you think that you put into action creates a consequence. So just consider that for a minute. All the actions you take in a day, the people you talk to, the words you choose, and just so many other choices you make are all information in the form of memories that 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 shape the path your brain is going to drive in the moments that you are not consciously aware of your actions, which is most of the time, or in those extreme moments that put you under such great pressure that it reveals a side of your personality that you didn't know you had, when in actuality it's always been there because every action you have taken up until this point has reinforced that part of you. You know, I th- I guess what I'm trying to say is or start off with is just that for you to remind yourself that every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to be. If you can remember that phrase, it makes a big difference for your mental health, I think. Because the habits which cause us harm are so deeply rooted that we swiftly justify them in a manner of ways. Alright, I for some reason needed to get that off my chest. It was just a thought that was there. Um, Now to our regular scheduled programming. Hopefully um, a memory or a lesson or something of the sort will emerge as I dive into the third part of the hindrances to self-mastery and um, my kind of understanding and interpretation thereof. So the five hindrances of mastery is like a Shaolin monk concept, Shaolin being a Buddhist philosophy being expressed through the discipline of martial arts. Um, In the past episodes, the two previous episodes, I've talked about the first two hindrances, which are sensual desire and the second one being ill will or, or aversion. You know, I kind of feel like I would really like to know if anyone's ever thought this, but I kind of feel as if the moment you decide to embark on your journey on doing the thing that you've always wanted to do or sharing what you believe your gift is with the world, the minute you start, like it's almost as though the, the universe knows all the things that will prevent you from doing it and throws them in your way just to see if you'll if you you know really want to 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 embark on the journey if you really want to get to the top. I don't know if I think like this because it's something I've noticed or do I notice it? Because um, I remember in film school, we used to live by the saying, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. But then I'm also like, um, you know, that's some kind of like Confucius bullshit because what if the thing that could go wrong didn't go wrong? If it didn't happen, then was it wrong? Kind of like, If a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it fall, did it fall? (laughs) Anyway, so let's get into the third hindrance to self-mastery, which is dullness and heaviness. In the Shaolin Buddhism philosophy, um, heaviness is related to like heaviness of the body and dullness is related to dullness of the mind. It is often like for us characterized as sleepiness, lack of energy, and oftentimes it can manifest itself as a state of depression. Now, when I learned about this specific hindrance, I was like a little bit conflicted because I know that the lack of energy, sleepiness, and depression comes from nearly infinite sources. So, for the purpose of this episode, I'd like to acknowledge... um, that I know that there are legitimate medical reasons why many people can't sleep or suffer from depression. But I also want to bring into your awareness the idea that a lot of the problems we have with lack of energy and um, sleepiness and depression do come from our own choices. It's just that oftentimes you are unaware you're making these choices there really are so many different things that are beyond our control but what you do have control over is how you react to whatever happens in your life and um, I want to combine that with what I said earlier and I'll try to like weave it into the episode Um, that phrase, James Clear said that every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to become. Um, So what I'm going to say next is with the full understanding that I am not an educated, trained psychologist. I am just coming at this from, like, life experience combined with a talent for observing my own behaviors and the behaviors of others and, and seeing the patterns in it because we all have we all exist in a in a habit pattern <laughs> furthermore i won't speak on a subject like depression or anxiety with, unless i have experienced it myself just i want to preface the episode with that knowledge is that i won't speak about these things without having experience about it myself so a a memory that i like to that came up when i thought about depression or when I thought about heaviness and dullness as the third hindrance, is that my mom took us to a family psychologist after the divorce many decades ago. And, um, you know, she had the foresight to understand that she couldn't help in that specific way. So a professional was needed. And, you know, we'd sometimes go as a family and we'd sometimes go alone. Now, in my solo sessions with the psychologist i do remember two distinct things it was the first time i visited him alone i sat and literally cried my eyes out bawled my eyes out i don't even know wh- why i like hindsight is always 20 so um i can kind of guess why but um the other thing that i remember on my solo visits with him was always like the smell of the big leather couch in his office, that specific couch was... Oh, I wish I could explain the brown because it wasn't that same brown color that, that leather couches are, not that deep brown color, or maybe it was. Um, just the smell was very distinct and the smell was combined with with... Always with the time of day, which was in the afternoon, so it was very... Warm, So it was this warm leather smell, you know, and I was a scrawny little kid. So, it, you know, I had to like the couch was big for me. So sitting on it, my my knees barely dangled off <laughs> the um, the couch. Um, yeah. And, and for some reason, that triggered something else for me. I was so little that my aunt used to call me Kaboter, which means gnome. You know, so fucking small. You know what, the the words that... This is why I say that words mean things. Because adults just, or people, just blithely say things to children. Because for them it's amusing. But never once ask the child if they're okay with that nickname, you know? Like... Now I'm sitting here decades later, triggered every single time someone mentions anything about shortness. Like, it's funny because I've said this many times in the pod- podcast before. Like, when someone says in my present, I don't date short guys, I just want to shout at them. Like, adults can be so fucking mean. Anyway, back to the leather couch. You know, I was on this leather couch, and somewhere to the left was a box of tissues, which I had become very well acquainted to, but I didn't need it anymore this specific memory i remember this man telling me that i have depression and and basically saying that you won't be able to follow through with anything and i remember thinking you have no idea what you're talking about i know my brain so let's paint the picture a little like he's a grown white man in a country where economic segregation between non between white and non-whites was still very prominent Telling a colored bisexual kid, because I think by this point he must have figured out my sexuality. Um, Anyway, um, not necessarily bisexual, he might have just labeled it as gay. But this bisexual kid who was mentally matured before his own father, he didn't know that, but I knew. Basically telling me, a kid, that you'll amount to nothing. You know, he had absolutely no regard for the words he was, he was putting out into the universe and out into a child's mind. But lucky for me, I had certain aspects of my mental development that have been accelerated by uh, circumstances that I was born into. I was, I was lucky enough to lucky and unlucky enough to have been able to experience those things. And in hindsight... I think it was a naive thing for me to think like, you have no idea what you're talking about because he is an expert. He does have some measure of understanding of human psychology. But also, wasn't it necessary for me to think that way? Because I've always become really triggered when someone says like, my anxiety and my depression. You know, I I see it as you fully identifying that depression or that anxiety as who you are so then like the next thing for me then becomes like how are you able to overcome it if you cannot or don't want to separate yourself from it I know this is a very sensitive topic and I I kind of feel uncomfortable but I'm going to go ahead anyway like depression is a very sensitive topic and I think that there is great power in at least changing the language you use to talk about yourself or to yourself instead of saying my anxiety perhaps you could say when i experience anxiety or like i've said on this on the show many times um go do what i do try and go to the comedy crowd and say listen when depression wanders into my room i tell that bitch okay sis you're here it's fine uh i didn't invite you but okay you're here but if you're going to stay if you're going to stay for a while then you at least got to pay rent you at least got to you know, clean up around here. You ain't staying for free. Like, do something. So maybe, just maybe, when you change the way you talk about something, you might be able to see the ways in which you are causing a lot of your own despair. Because at the end of the day, something like anxiety, something like depression is self-perpetuating. That's why they're so debilitating. That's why they're so effective is that it doesn't take a lot of effort for them to be, to manifest in you. So like this third hindrance is just like the most difficult one to talk about because it's something that I would like to think I've managed well. I mean, I may go to a therapist and they'll be like, uh, you have a lot of shit. Um, but I think that I've managed to manage it through a lifetime of self-reflection. If anyone were to ask me what my superpower is, it would be exactly that. It would be this 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 uncanny observation of my own thoughts. I think I I learned about this when I accidentally meditated when I was very young. I was in my bedroom laying on the bed one day imagining a blue sky, a specific Namibian like African blue sky kind of like baby blue i don't like to use the word baby blue but that's the first word that came baby blue azure sky azure sky with clouds like bright white clouds and i wish i could conjure up why that was happening it was just i was doing it but i remember distinctly remember that feeling of taking control of my consciousness and kind of like sending it to be like in the sky, to be one with the clouds that I've conjured up. And in that moment, which was both like very brief, but also eternal, I realized that I can direct my thoughts. And if you can do that, if you can realize that you can direct your thoughts, you know, if I can do that, so can anyone else simply by the measure that we are all human beings. You have that capacity, but you have to do the consciousness work. The best stepping stone is knowing that you have the capacity to direct your thoughts. So, like, I guess the takeaway here is that start with something simple. I always say that. The first step start with, like, something simple. But remember, like I said earlier, um... Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to become. Be mindful, but also non-judgmental about it. Keep some kind of record of your behavior or identify one behavior that you that you may see as debilitating, as destructive, or something that you may not just know about yourself. And if you don't know, just ask a Virgo friend like me because they'll be quick to give you the tea, honey. Like, just... Identify this habit and whenever you engage in it, note the circumstances in which you engage in that habit. Habits are, at the end of the day, a system of actions. It's triggered by one event and then it automatically closes the loop. So for example, I used to have a habit of buying coffee from a convenience store on my way to work. The bus route I chose was the most convenient and timely manner and the bus stop has a, has a coffee shop and a convenience store very close to it, like 30 seconds walk to both. The minute I see that, or it, I, I recognize it in my peripheral vision from the bus, I have already triggered my thought process, my habit, and I go and buy coffee. But on the bus, before that, I wasn't thinking about coffee. Not at all was I craving coffee. So my entire journey from getting on the subway to transferring on the bus, noticing the coffee shop in my peripheral vision, all these things happen subconsciously. you know. And I think it's a choice, but it's rooted within a habit loop, which is just... So deep in my subconscious. So getting out of it is admittedly difficult. If you go through willpower and thought alone. But help your willpower. Help your thought a little bit. By throwing in a curveball curveball of like a different action. So what I did was. I decided to get off a different stop. Just one stop earlier. That had literally nothing around it. And I ended up not buying coffee in the mornings. So like I guess. With with depression and anxiety, a mental health tip f- for me this week would definitely be that. Identify the habits which are preventing you from climbing your mountain. The habits which are preventing you from experiencing that view. The habits which are preventing you from or like holding you back from clarity. You know, I really, I think clarity is a good word to use to um, for use when we talk about the hindrance of dullness and heaviness because dullness relating to the mind and heaviness relating to the body, once you break clarity into either of those things, I think it transfers to the other. So it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship. relationship. So in the moments when you cannot find clarity of mind, put health in, Clarity into your body and the mind flows. Like a lot of the times when some a writer is experiencing writer's block, which is kind of like a, a dullness of mind. They can't see things clearly. So what do they do most of the time is that they go and exercise. They go for a run. They walk outside in nature. They put clarity into their body and it transfers into the mind. So I do want to like note that we must understand that 25 years of a bad habit is not easily broken through one hour of effort. It took you however long it took you to notice your bad habit and for you to change that. Just realize that changing it through a little bit of effort is not going to be a thing. It's, it's, it's a commitment. All right, everyone, I hope you learned something um, or came to some kind of realization or gained a level of clarity on an issue that you may be wrestling with. Speaking of wrestling, isn't that like the gayest sport ever? Those tight lycra singlets, the, the positions the wrestlers get into, the sweat. All of those things happen in my bedroom, except I don't get paid for it. Hmm, maybe I should like, I don't know, make a career change. Anyway, uh, like I said, I hope you learned something. Um, if you like this episode, please be a darling and leave me a five star review. I, uh, you know, I always feel like, it, does anyone even like listen to this? And just today I had a conversation with a friend and they brought up my podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, people actually do listen. Um, Even though we don't talk that much. So thank you so much, my friend. I really do appreciate every single person who listens and to every single person who shares the episode. Thank you. Um, Since I started doing the show by myself, the Instagram promotion took a major, I wanted to say bit, but it took a major downturn because honestly, it's a lot to do. And with a full-time job and, you know, me in the gym just working on my fitness, trying to be iverlicious, okay? I also, <laughs> I don't, I haven't been making time for that, but I also know that that kind of thinking is, you know, it's, um, it's part of a limited mindset. So pretty soon I'll start actively promoting on Instagram and social media more. All right, humans, uh, like I said, thank you for listening. Please, please drink your water, laugh as much as you can, be naked as much as you can, and and penetrate or be penetrated once in a while. Until next time, bye-bye.